Hi, this is Sylvie Curry from Ramona, California, and I'm listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Big Barbecue Central show. This is a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday for the Live Fire Fun and Frivolity Show. If tonight is the night, it's never the night, but if tonight is the night you have been thinking about calling or emailing the show, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Could be On the Twitter and Instagram at BBQCentralShow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, TheBBQCentralShow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. You can sign up for that newsletter, by the way. If you hit that main website, there's a little newsletter tap right there on the front right side of the web main, web main, the home web page. Go ahead and give me an email address, and you can get that highly coveted newsletter that is sent out really once a week, right around noon on Tuesdays, giving you a heads up on what's happening later that evening on the show. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, he is the pit master of Rodney Scott's Whole Hog Barbecue. I am, of course, talking about a Barbecue Hall of Fame nominee, a James Beard award-winning chef, Rodney Scott, first-timer to the show. And he will be in at 14 and 35 past. Plenty of stuff to talk about, uh, too, with Rodney If you are a fan of Netflix and you are especially a fan of the chef's table, You have probably viewed the Chef's Table Barbecue Edition. I've talked about it on the show here a couple months ago. I took in the Barbecue Chef's Table at the same time that I was taking in the American Barbecue Showdown. So a lot of barbecue consumption. But my opinion, the Chef's Table side was way more entertaining than the American Barbecue Showdown. But we have already talked about that ad nauseum. So Rodney Scott will be on in about 11 minutes from now and carrying the first hour. Then we'll move to the second hour. Of course, the third Tuesday of the month brings a visit from the creator of the grillgirl.com website. Friend of this show, Robin Lindars, will be joining me. Thanksgiving's coming up in just a little bit over a week, believe it or not. And if you are not on top of the turkey game, we will get you right where you need to be. We'll be talking about alternatives to turkey. Maybe you're somebody who doesn't get down on turkey. That's fine. 
I'm here to tell you that aside from barbecue restaurants in general, I don't think a lot of us are eating turkey aside from Thanksgiving. Maybe you toss in a redo on Christmas, but maybe you don't. Maybe you go prime rib on Christmas or whatever holiday that is that you celebrate. But turkey, widely overlooked on the regular. So we will talk to Robin about turkey stuff. I think she has a pickle juice brine recipe that she wants to talk about. She wants to talk about the benefits of spatchcocking. That is not a porn term. That, of course, means cutting the backbone out of the turkey. And we will talk to her about that. Then rounding out the show this evening at 1035, the KCBS World Invitational Championship of the Universe took place this past weekend. And Todd Smith from Smoking Buttheads came out on top. And we will talk to Todd about that. If you happen to know about Todd, and you happen to know about Rodney, the majority of this show is going to be South Carolina-based. Smoking Buttheads has a restaurant in South Carolina as well. So uh, lots of South Carolina barbecue talk. Uh, Robin's been through South Carolina a bunch, and she's a Southern gal as well. So this uh, show reeks of Southern hospitality. So tell all your friends and family that we're on this evening. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com if you want to jump on. Don't forget you can follow me socially on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and the Snappy Snaps at BBQ Central Show. Facebook and Twitch for a live video stream slash BBQ Central Show. And on YouTube for a live video sl- uh, stream slash RD Rempy. How many ways you want to get at me? That's plenty right now. That'll get you started. All right, so let's start here this evening because I took a bunch of emails and direct messages over the course of the week about my unbridled hatred for the McRib sandwich. So much so that the majority of you that sent in comments questioned my real hate and said it was just an act or that perhaps I am indeed a closet fan of the sandwich and that I am only dumping on it because I am the host of this show, the Barbecue Central Show. For instance, here's a very small sampling of the audience feedback. Kevin in Tennessee writes, Greg, you seem to hate the McRib so much that I wonder if you aren't really a lover of it, but feel compelled to rail against it because you are the Barbecue Show host. Let your barbecue freak flag fly, man. I love it too. Mitchell in Oklahoma said, Greg, you... Can you really hate a fast food sandwich that much? Seems a bit put on to me, but you do provide entertainment as well as info, so I'm okay with it. Steve in Arizona wrote, Greg, it appears that you hate the McRib so much that you might actually love it in real life. I bet you eat five a week when they're available. (laughs) Steve, I do not eat five a week. I don't even eat one a week. I don't even eat one a month. Jason, here in the Buckeye State, wrote, Greg, I think I saw you in an Ohio McDonald's last year eating McRib like it was going out of style. No, you did not, Jason. You did not see me in a McDonald's in Ohio. I haven't been in a McDonald's in Ohio in years. Mike in Kansas wrote, usually when someone hates something as much as you do the McRib in reality, you really love it, Mike. I don't know what to say here, and I'm not going to say that I hate the McRib, but really, I hate the McRib. It's a bad sandwich to me. 
It's a bad sandwich to me. There are 10 better options on the McDonald's menu other than the McRib right now as we sit here in 2020. And by the way, December 2nd, as I had mentioned last week, if you are one of those honks, it rolls out nationally, which the last time that happened was eight years ago. So you don't have to download the McRib locator app to your phone only to figure out that the nearest to McRib that McDonald's is making you fiend over is six hours away in nowhere, Pennsylvania. Most sandwiches and options are better. That includes the filet o fish sando, which is a mockery of a fish sando, but that's better than the McRib. The now defunct for many years McDLT laughs at the McRib sandwich. It's not for me. I've had it. I dislike it. I won't eat it. And I won't be sucked into the McRib vortex like so many of you get sucked into each year. However, if that's your bag, you go right ahead and eat those crap sandwiches until you puke. Fire up Instagram. Tell us it's all right with the world. Take your bite orgasm all over yourself and then do it again the next day and the next day until they rip that sando from you and you're like no worst day ever mcdonald's ripped the mcrib again see you next year but who knows it might not be rolled out nationally next year don't lump me into your sicko food perversions you kooks you want to deal with mcrib You deal with McRib all you want. I'm going to pass. I'm just, again, very happy for the fact that it gets rolled out nationally so you guys don't have to pile in your cars and trucks and U-Haul vans because I'm sure there are just super groups across Facebook right now that you have to answer 20 different administrator questions to get in because you know there's folks like me They're just going to be trying to get in there and pot shot you. But you're figuring out secret places to meet, downloading the app, and then driving hours on end. Meathead seemed to think that that was an okay, I think he called it a pork burger. Which, hey, I would be all right with, as I told him last week. Market it as a pork burger, not a rib sandwich. It's a pork butt burger pressed into a weird shape. With crap sauce and onion slivers. That's what you like? Get on it. Send me an Instagram live. I will play it on this show. For every one of you weirdos that eats those McRibs, take your videos, send them to me. I will play them live on this show on a Tuesday night, believe it or not. I'll do that. You know the lead question to Rodney Scott in about three minutes from now is... Do you get down with the McRib? You know that's coming. He's in the green room, by the way, so stand by for that. Let me talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru. Always believing that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun because it can be. Longest running sponsor of the show is the barbecue guru. Remember, earlier in the year, two new controllers to choose from, the Nano Q and the DynaQ. The DynaQ, of course, is taking place of the old uh, party queue, which was the easiest point of entry into automatic pit temperature control devices. The nano queue is the one that has the highest level of tech available right now. So depending on what you're looking for, you want to consider the dyna queue or the nano queue. 
If you are looking for a ceramic cooker, they also partner up with the folks that make the Monolith that has a built-in power draft fan already in it. So if you have a Guru controller, just hook the controller up to the power draft fan and away you go. Also, a bunch of other accessories over there on the website, so make sure you hit them up and check them all out. BBQGuru.com. If you have any questions about what kind of fan you should buy or what kind of controller you need or other accessories that might make your grilling life a little bit more efficient, call them 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to be efficient right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or BBQGURU.com. We are back with Rodney Scott right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rub seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. Tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and stock up right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Always, always trust your butcher. All right, my first guest tonight is one of the most recognizable names in the industry, especially when it comes to whole hogs. If you're a fan of the chef's table, you want to make sure you catch the barbecue series that was recently just put out, as I had mentioned in the open. My next guest was featured in one of those episodes. He's James Beard, award-winning chef, the 2020 Barbecue Hall of Fame nominee. We race to the hotline and welcome first-timer to the show, Rodney Scott. Hey, Rodney, how are you? Hey, 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 how you doing? Rodney, I got to ask you, do you get down with the McRib? <laughs> oh, my God, no. I do not get down with the McRib. Hell yes. Of course no. you don't. I mean, no. have, I mean, have you tried it just because it's one of those novelty items just to see what the kooks are raving about? About four years ago, I tried it again for the first time as an adult. <laughs> and uh, I found out what heartburn was on a bun. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't do it. You're not, you don't need to apologize to me. Uh, I'm sure you... Uh, heard my two or three minutes of craziness <laughs> that ensued, but uh, I that look the the one thing I think we can both agree on is that McDonald's has somehow created and cornered the market on how to properly gimmick up a really bad sandwich enough to where people are blind to the fact that it's a bad sandwich, and somehow every year it's like I need it, I need it, I got to find. It. It's pretty amazing. Well. Well, uh, hats off to their marketing team because they, they, they sure enough for getting the word out. But uh, I'm, I'm, if you want a rib sandwich, come see me. I mean, we can help you out on a rib sandwich. That's right. Go see Rodney uh, Scott for crying out loud. What are you doing? So, Rodney, I'm going to ask you about this up front since it really won't find its way into the conversation this time around. Uh, this year you make it to the semi-final list of the 2020 Barbecue Hall of Fame. 
I mean, look, let's be honest. Is this something that you knew anything about prior to finding out that your name was on the short list? Was it on your radar previously? Uh, Honestly, it was not on my radar previously. Um, You know, I've heard about it, but never really paid close attention. And uh, I got a message one day that I was up for a short list. And, uh, you know, I was indeed thankful and and grateful to be mentioned, but uh, didn't quite make the cut. But it was great to be mentioned, you know. If you didn't make the list next year or any year going forward and then didn't get voted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame, would it even phase you or would it just be like one of those nice little added things to a pretty great career already? Listen, everybody that knows Rodney Scott knows that every day is a good day. So if I never get mentioned again, I'm still going to have some of the best days ever. So hats off to those who are already in there. But uh, with me, it's still going to be great. It's, it's going to be another great day for me, either way it goes. Rodney Scott joining me here on the show. RodneyScottsBBQ.com is the website. If you haven't checked it out yet, go ahead and do that while we're chatting it up. So let's talk a little bit about the chef's table, and I wanted to follow up on a few things. Uh, you know, that series specifically on the barbecue side was really uh, uh, very inspiring for me. I learned a lot about you. I learned a lot about Tootsie. I learned a lot about uh, other ways of barbecue. It was really kind of eye-opening to me in any number of ways. How was that opportunity presented to you? Who brought it to you? Man, you know, um, that opportunity was brought to me by a couple of guys. Clay Jeter was one of them. They uh, approached me in San Francisco with a conversation about maybe doing something with Netflix. And I was in the middle of doing another event. I was so exhausted. I barely remember the conversation. And I said, oh, absolutely. I'd love to do Chef's Table. You know, it'd be great to even be a part of it. And, uh, you know, here it was a few months later. We were mentioned and and started the, the taping process. It was that quick. It was it was just that quick. For me, it seems like a dream, you know, still a dream. Was there any thought at any point about not doing it? Or once you kind of got over that mental hurdle, all systems go? Oh, man, all systems were a go from from the second they mentioned it to me. I was like, yes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to do this. I'd love to do this. And uh, it was no doubt whatsoever that I wanted to do this story with uh, Chef's Table. I assume you've seen the other, you know, three episodes that were included in that package. Yep, I saw Miss Tootsie's in full, and um, I started watching the other one, but hadn't quite finished yet. I want to watch all of the Chef's Sables now, but uh, I've definitely seen Miss Tootsie's. The one, so uh, I, I watched all four of them. Uh, you were the first one. I watched Tootsie uh, second uh, because uh, that following Tuesday, I watched everything like over the weekend leading into a Tuesday show because I had Daniel Vaughn, who played an incredibly prominent role within. Uh, the one that featured Tootsie's and, and Snow's Barbecue. Yeah. I had no idea he didn't let it out of the bag that he was featured so much, so that was a nice <laughs> surprise. But uh, the one that really opened my eyes to the term uh, live fire, I like to think that maybe I coined that phrase, but uh, that's debatable, uh, is that guy down in uh, 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 Hasty's is his last name. Uh, his whole restaurant down in Australia, fully, yeah. fully cooking on 100% coals. I mean, you're a guy that has made his bread and butter off of cooking over 100% coals, but in the setting that he's in, you typically don't see that. I got to say, uh, if if you are halfway through uh, the other one, put that one on the back burner and go watch uh, the the one that is only dealing with live fire. I think you especially would appreciate what he's doing out there. I think I'm going to finish watch that one, you know, tonight. So definitely, I need to see it. I really want to see it. 
You know, Rodney, there were a few things that stuck out to me as I watched your episode specifically. I wanted to follow up on a few things. First, you know, as a kid, right in the beginning there, you talk about the lady that tells you that you're not going anywhere except right down that road. Yeah. In some instances, maybe that wouldn't have been such a bad thing. Were you plotting an escape of sorts at that point or, or thinking about other things? Or when she says that to you, is that like, man, I'm really going to be right here in Hemingway and that's all I'm ever going to be? Well, I was plotting some escapes. You know, I'm, I'm really fascinated by antique vehicles, mostly trucks. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, body work. Um, you know, hot rods, uh, uh, street rods, even a couple of rat rods here and there. I'm a big fan of hot, you know, cars. So I was thinking other things, but when she said that and the reality came that I couldn't do anything except be right down the road at that moment, you know, it was, it was a little frustrating, but I was determined to prove otherwise. So I, ne I never stopped, man. I kept on going day to day. You had mentioned that during that time you know years pass and all of a sudden the the majority of the life you had led at that point was spent cooking hogs you weren't overly happy you were a listless lost at life at the moment uh prior to your dad having that stroke what do you think would have happened if you uh if he wouldn't have suffered the stroke you wouldn't have felt the responsibility of going in and kind of picking everything up and keeping it going um would you have eventually left to find Rodney? And what do you think you would have done? Would it have been something automobile related or something completely different at that age? You know, taking on the responsibility of my dad after uh, having that, after him having the stroke, I think that was one of the, the very first parts that kind of started to change and evolve. And I think if that would have never happened, I probably would have still been in Hemingway, probably would have still been, you know, cooking hogs three nights a week, four nights a week. And uh, probably still living in that same little circle that that girl thought I was going to be in. You take the reins and looking at the business, you were uh, not assuming control of one of the changes that I found most shocking was that uh, under your guidance now or under your running, you were going to, uh, let's say, service the hogs as they're coming off the pit. The question yes. that I have, and look, I, I am no whole hog expert. Uh, I am hardly traveled. Uh, you know, I, I might make it down to Pittsburgh. My travel consists uh, solely of where was the next uh, J.O. volleyball tournament over the last, you know, four or five years <laughs> with my daughter. So not well traveled. Uh, but I love barbecue, but I'm not a whole hog expert by any means. I just figure that that was part and parcel of the whole deal. The hogs are done. You time it out for when dinner opens or, or if you're doing lunch and you have them staggered out and everything is fresh. How was, how was uh, Scott's running prior to you taking over and deciding that was a change you wanted to make? Well, prior to that, my dad was all about getting it all finished and, and pulled ready to serve that morning. And I didn't want to do that. You know, in, in conversations with my good friend, Nick, he was like, why don't you pull it off just before service? That way it's hot and it stays juicy and moist and it's ready. You know, it's, it's kind of like the donut sign when it, when it lights up, you know, it's hot and ready. So, you know, I did that and, and with smoke flowing all day and pork coming off just before people can get their hands on it. It was it was something appealing to me as well as the guests. And it was working, you know, sales started to grow. Things started to get even better than they were before. Were people saying, hey, it was really good before, but 
something's different uh, to to a good way, and you're like, oh yeah, by the way, this is you know just minutes off the pit. Absolutely. Um, I remember one of my closest cousins mentioned that to me. He said, I don't know what you're doing, but you got some kind of magic back there, man. Ever since you took over, you know, you, you're doing something back there that's magical. And I remember laughing at him saying, I'm just trying to get it off just before you ask for it. What was it like growing up under your dad? And, you know, I, I, I've had conversations with uh, Myron Mixon, who's obviously a well-accomplished barbecue cook, uh, restaurant cook. His dad notoriously hard on him and his brother, uh, making sure that the proper barbecue ways were followed and uh, what have you. Uh, what was it like for you growing up and seeing your dad do the hog and, and him? Uh, was it was it like a, a force thing to learn this hog trade or were you interested? Well, it was kind of a combination of both. You know, growing up under my dad, it was kind of a this is part of your chore. This is part of your job. And it also was something that you just was kind of interested in because you you got a chance to eat whenever you you finish cooking so you know I, I wanted to learn it as well but then i wanted to be kind of involved with the cooking but didn't really want to be there all the time didn't want to be there all night didn't want to be there all day because sometimes it led into the afternoon the next day but uh you know you know same same rules apply they were hard on making sure the food was consistent done the way that they wanted it done and if we had multiple hogs cooking, my dad was insistent upon finishing one hog first. You could not do more than one hog at a time. You only season one hog, and that one had to be completely finished before you moved on to the next one. I came along wanting to finish two at a time, kind of thinking that if I can get two off at the same time, I have more hot pork ready at that very moment instead of waiting for the next one to get done. Were there times when you were out of pork like the first one's done and the second one's not ready yet oh man absolutely plenty of times we were out of pork <laughs> was that a little bit of you a know? marketing ploy potentially Ooh, it, it, well i thought it, i didn't think it was a marketing ploy at the time um my dad didn't appreciate it at all at the time he thought we were just back there goofing off so his thing was hurry up get the next hog ready and uh you know eventually as i grew in the business i learned that it, it is kind of a marketing ploy to uh, have a little wait time going there sometimes. Uh, John T. writes the article that, let's say, uh, puts you on the map from a national perspective. Certainly the name was out where you're at, probably regionally as well. But uh, John T. comes and uh, spends some time with you, writes this article, it hits, and you say, like, you know, right away, the phone's ringing, and uh, it's it's quite a, a popularity boost. Did you think it was going to lead to something else or were you just hoping a more healthy bottom line at the end? Honestly, when John T wrote that article, I was happy to be a part of the article, happy to be mentioned. I did not think it would lead to anything else. Um, it, it, it was for me, it was a chance to entertain somebody that was writing a story about us. And uh, I just enjoyed the moment, enjoyed his time and, and his company and never thought it would lead to anything else. Did you know much about him previously? Did not know anything about John yeah. T. Edge. Nothing at all. Um, he explained to me who he was and what he wrote for and where he, where he was from originally. And I was like, okay, welcome to South Carolina. This is what we do with whole hogs all night long. <laughs> There's uh, you know, a bunch of stuff that I want to ask you about. Uh, one of the, the major issues is the big fire that takes down the whole barbecue pit area. Um, I remember talking to Aaron Franklin. Um, he had had a, not nearly as catastrophic a, a fire event, but 
something that shut him down. And I remember a couple months after the fact I had had him on the show and I said, Hey, was there a time when you and Stephanie decided that, Hey, we've had a really great run. We've had lines for years. We've been top or second best, uh, Texas monthly barbecue rated, blah, blah, blah. Let's just toss it in and, you know, go look at doing some other concept or get out of restaurant altogether. Uh, you had quite a bigger catastrophic event. The whole thing was down into shambles. So, um, you say in the in the piece, you know, it was it was it was a complete loss. It, there was obviously going to require a lot of money to get back up and running. Did you think about quitting at that point? Never, 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 I never, never thought about quitting. You know, uh, I remember that morning. It, it was uh, just before Thanksgiving. It was raining and, and and it was a little chilly outside. And and I tried to think about what can I do next to maintain from this moment on. You know, this was a stumbling block. Uh, you know, it's, it's time to get up, pull yourself together and keep on going. You know, I, I remember uh, a reporter asking me, what, what are you going to do now? And I said, I got to continue to roll with it. I got to find my next step. And, and, and immediately I just knew that if we kept going, we can get past this. How long have you known Nick um, at this point? Did you know Nick uh, previous to the fire? And, and how long had he been encouraging you to kind of strike up a relationship with him? I did meet Nick prior to the fire. Um, man, I've, I've known Nick, I think, before. It might have been five, six years prior to the fire that I met Nick. And uh, he, he, you know, he was one of the first people I spoke to when, when that happened. And uh, I just told him, I said, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do what I can do right now to stay open and keep moving. And, and I did. And he continuously encouraged me then and said, I'll be down there to check on you as soon as I can. One of the most impressive things is this Rodney Scott in Exile Tour. It's a pop-up, goes over the course of 18 days. You go uh, kind of up and down the, the southern, you know, east of the Mississippi. And you raise $80,000 over the course yes. of 18 days. Now, uh, you know, I'm no mathematician here, Rodney, but it would seem like <laughs> if you decided to not open up a restaurant, you know, you could maybe work half a month going through 12 months and rack up cake like nobody's business. Did you think at all about uh, doing a pop-up business going forward because of the success? Or was it, hey, we got this probably much bigger than expected uh, financial egg here that we can sink back and, and do a rebuild, and I'm pretty happy with that. I was more focused on the rebuild. Never thought about doing any extra pop-ups like that. Um, we had a lot of great help, man. Um, the Fatback Collective came together and helped us out. A lot of their friends, a lot of donations. Uh, I remember one time specifically in New Orleans when we were down with Donald Link and Steven and Ryan, they, uh, this, they had this ticketed event for me there. And this guy showed up and he wanted to get in, but he didn't have a ticket. And he asked me what was going on. I explained it to him and he gave me this $2 bill. And I, I still to this very day have that $2 bill in my wallet. But uh, it was people like that that just kept supporting us over and over and kept donating and helping us out once they found out what we were doing. So I, I just focused on getting back and getting the, the building up and going and getting started all over again. When you are nominated for the James Beard Award, you end up winning it. At this stage of the game, or is that something that puts you to another level of success? Or for you, is it a legitimizer saying, hey, I'm a barbecue guy. 
this is typically reserved for you uh, hoity-toity chefy guys, but I just took this down, and uh, oh, by the way, we can cook just as well as you can. I felt like the James Beard uh, Award was a big step for all of the barbecue guys, all the pit masters, you know, even all of the backyard barbecue people that do the barbecue on weekends, you know, the ones that do it part time for their communities and fundraisers. I felt this was a big step for all of the pit masters everywhere, both men, women and as well as children. And um, that was that was the feeling. And it felt good to be recognized along with the fine diners, uh, the, the, the Michelin star restaurants. You know, it felt good to be mentioned on the same level as, as you know, the white tablecloth, if you will. You know, it was, it's, 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 man, there's no words that can tell you how happy I was just to be at least mentioned amongst some of the greats like that on that night. Were you getting side eye when you get called out? Were they like, what the F is going on here? Man, I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. You know, I'm in Chicago in a tuxedo and I'm, and I'm, I'm nervous as hell, but, you know, it, and, and I didn't even hear my name. So my, my, my wife and, and Nick and everybody kept screaming. They called your name. You won. And I went to the stage and, you know, the side eyes didn't matter because all I felt like was this was a great moment. This was a great accomplishment, not only for myself, but for my family, my barbecue family, um, my brother, Nick, Paul, Nicholas, all these guys were there with me. And I felt like it was a great accomplishment for all of us, not just me. And again, as well as all of the barbecue pit masters everywhere. Rodney Scott joining us here on the show, uh, talking about the Chef's Table episode. We'll talk about uh, cooking here after the break. At the end, you talk about the estrangement between you and your dad. Uh, And and it's an interesting dichotomy because you uh, had, as you said, a really good relationship with your mom, but not your dad. So how tough is it? to seemingly have acceptance and support and that traditional son-mother relationship, but it's not the same on the other side of the coin. You know, it's, it's kind of tough, you know, and, and it was a hard pill to swallow, especially going day to day, knowing that you learn what you're doing every day through this, this, this man and this woman, my mom and dad, you know, this is where all of my support and knowledge started. And it was tough to, to try to accept the fact that, I'm not able to share with my dad the accomplishments, the 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 the, the accolades, the, the different places that we traveled. But, you know, all the same time, my mom. So I got 50 percent of that. You know, I got my mom supporting me. She's happy. I got half. My glass is half full with mama. And I decided to keep on going. You know, it, and, and every now and again, it, it's a little it's a little dark cloud, but it's not nearly as heavy as it was because I'm more focused on the positive now, taking care of my own family helping to grow our own business here and, and just make the best of every day, man. That's the goal. That's why you always see me and hear me say every day is a good day. I like to keep moving forward on the positive side of things. Is it because of the changes that you made in the restaurant, like after you took over and the growth that you fostered in the business? Is that what the biggest issue is? I, I want to say yes. That's probably the biggest issue. You know, my dad seeing me do things that he's never done. And uh, I remember one of his friends saying that, uh, it's like I'm showing him up. I'm proving that he is not who I am. And uh, he didn't do the things that I was able to do. So I'm thinking it's, it's part of the growth and the recognition all you know, with the newspapers and the magazines and the social media. I think that's one of the biggest things that, that kind of tick him off a little bit. 
You had mentioned that there were several attempts on your part, even at that point. I don't know how long ago it was shot, um, that you were trying to set things right. Does he just roundly rebuff every attempt? Oh, man, just from hanging the phone up, (laughs) turning his head when I passed by. I remember he was standing on the side of the road when I went to the stop sign, and he recognized that it was my truck, and he just turned his head as if I didn't exist. Really? (laughs) You know? Hey. Wow. So It is what it is. Is there an infinite amount of attempts that you would make in regard to this, or uh, because he's your father, you you would keep going until he crosses that bridge uh, before he ends up passing away, or or not necessarily? Honestly, I say a silent prayer day to day about it, about the situation, you know, hoping that he would come around. But you know, before all of this, I had this weird dream. I remember. Um, I fell asleep and I woke up and I remember him standing in front of me and he kind of turned around in this dream and he looked at me and he mumbled the words to me, help me, you know, and I'm like, don't worry, I got you. Mm. And that was the end of that dream. So maybe that's to come. Maybe not. I don't know. Hopefully we come around and we get to sit down and talk and uh, talk about all of the good times that we've had and, and catch up on the times that we've, you know, we missed. Ultimately, if that doesn't happen, do you think that that would be a regret of yours that he wasn't able to to come around for whatever reason? Is that something that would eat at you? No, I don't think it would eat at me at this point. You know, knowing that I made all of the attempts that I could and and sent messages and and reached out as much as I could, it it wouldn't eat at me because I've, I've made the honest attempts the best that I could. And if he's still in denial of them, you know, what more can I do? No doubt. Uh, so what's the growth plan look like for Rodney Scott's barbecue? You have, is it three locations at this point? At this point right now, we have two locations. Uh, There's a third one, one opening? The third one is going to be opening in Atlanta. That's right. Um, in the West End. Um, we have Birmingham, Alabama open uh, in the Avondale area, 3rd Avenue South in Birmingham. And we have Charleston, South Carolina open right now, and we're looking to open possibly uh, Homewood and uh, Trustville, Alabama. Wow. So those, those three, three to open, two open now. Would you consider franchising at any point? I mean, I would assume, uh, given the name and the success, you've been approached about some kind of uh, franchise concept. Been one or two mentions here or there about yeah. franchise concepts, but um, as of right now, you know, I love my my barbecue family right now. As I said, uh, me, Paul, Nicholas, Nick, we're we're in a good state right now, and and as of this moment, we we we're pretty we're pretty steady where we are, and we're pretty happy. And if any changes come see come about, you know, we'll see. This has been a year like no other and uh, where a lot of folks within the live fire industry are having record years to the positive food service has been hit tremendously across the board, across this country, where some of the bright spots have been. They have been in the barbecue uh, realm because most of them are, let's say, fast casual. You walk up. uh, It's a uh, almost takeout uh, oriented business anyway. Uh, Are you seeing... Uh, decent business. I mean, certainly it seems like all the restaurants, regardless of what you're serving from a culinary standpoint, uh, are taking hits. But where are you at right now? Absolutely. We're seeing we're seeing pretty good business. Um, you know, we have a drive through at the low Charleston location as well as to go. And, you know, we all know barbecue travels well. 
So that's been one of the biggest things for us that people have been able to come and pick up the food and take it home. So between to-go and drive-through, we've been pretty decent this year. We've been able to make sure that our staff is okay. Rodney, can I hold you over for one more segment? We can talk about hog yes, cooking sir. and secret vinegar sauce recipes and all that stuff that you're knowingly going to spill to all of us. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Uh, stand by. We're talking with Rodney Scott from Rodney Scott's Barbecue. I will talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the number one online shop for all things barbecue and grilling related. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. 13 perfectly balanced rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Little Louis Season Salt, Double Secret Steak Rub. I used Cash Cow and Double Secret on that Wagyu ribeye cap that I got from the butcher shop over the weekend, and it was incredible. Big Papas will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Whether you're looking to impress the judges or your grilling family and friends, head on over to BigPapaSmokers.com and load up right now. They also are the proud owners of Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So, if you're looking for a sauce to doctor up, Granny's is a great base sauce, but it's really good all by itself as well. So, you can try it both ways and then decide how you want to attack from there. And aside from the rubs and sauces, they are selling the best charcoal and pellet cookers on the market today if you are looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use check out that mac two-star general pellet cooker big papa smokers the exclusive mac dealer even offering special packages if you're not a fan of the pellet smoker take a look at that old hickory ace bp the only charcoal smoker that big papa trusts on his competition trailer if you have questions you can call them 877-828-0727 that's 877-828-0727 or shop the website BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. We are back with Rodney Scott right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Hey, you looking for wood pellets to fire your pellet-driven cookers? Yeah. Cookinpellets.com, the place to go. C-O-O-K-I-N. Cookinpellets.com. Check the flavors. Check the other accessories. You can buy right there on the website, or you can pull through Amazon.com as well. Totally up to you. And we're back with Rodney Scott. Thanks for hanging through the break there, Rodney. So let's talk about uh, whole hog. I think when people talk about barbecue, uh, especially amongst the backyarders, the uh, the piece that scares the crap out of everybody is brisket. But, oh, my God, I mean, I think we should immediately throw whole hog into that conversation. I think that's so scary people don't even think about it. So, uh, you know, as you recollect back on uh, making your bones, as it were, on whole hog, what are the best practices and, and the keys to cooking a great whole hog? Is it something that you can do right out of the gate, or is this something where you you need to gain that experience in order to, to pull off a whole hog successfully? I mean, as with anything, experience is always a great teacher, you know, um, Got to recognize experience. 
But off the back, if you're just going to go ahead and, 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 and start cooking a whole hog, you, you want to make sure that, first of all, you have the proper pit. If you're building one or if you have one that's custom built, uh, I personally cook the hogs skin side up for 12 hours before I flip it. And when I'm firing my hog, I put the heat under the hams and the shoulders. Those are the two thickest parts of the animal. Those are the only two parts that you would really need to fire the most. And the, the other parts, the belly and the ribs that are under there, all of that will cook without any direct heat under it. So you always want to make sure and fire the hams and the shoulders. And you want to keep that temperature at least 220 to 250 for about 12 hours. Uh, is there then a turn that happens or is that how you're cooking it? Um, you know, pretty much you get it done and then the turn is just to make the, the skin crisp. That is the way that I cook it. There is a turn there. And on the 12th hour, you want to turn it over. It's going to take you and somebody else unless you have one of those custom grills that you can flip it yourself. And you want to turn the hog over skin side down. And once you turn it over, you want to take a little spoon and, and create some little cavities, put your personal seasonings on there. I recommend Rodney's Hog Rub. It's great. Of course. Uh, get, your, <laughs> get your mop sauce and add to it. Once you build your temperature up a little hotter, you want to get your temperature about 300, 350, and, and start seasoning it and mopping it and give it a few minutes to crisp the skin and, and have fun. Enjoy because you're going to eat right after that. So – when you go to the flip part, uh, because you know, as you're watching that chef's table, I mean, it's just visually, it's like a, a concert that's happening when you're doing it. You know, you have the burn pit and you're burning down the coals and you're shoveling, and uh, you know, Tootsie's doing the same thing down at Snow's Barbecue, which I find amazing. Um, whole hog, I guess, I assimilate that a little bit more, uh, you know, with running the coals like you do. Uh, so you're just trucking more coals in at that end just to build that heat up. That's the only other way, right? That's the only other way. You yeah. get, just keep bringing the coals in, and you flip it over, and you get that skin nice and crispy. Give the seasonings and the sauce a chance to kind of cook through the animal a little bit, and, man, you're all set. So when you're digging uh, at the uh, – were you using, like, a boat oars at the restaurant? And then uh, when you were, like, out in the field, you were using that big serving spoon, and you're just, like, pushing into the hog uh, on the meat side. So you're just – those are the cavities you're talking about opening up to add uh, yeah. the sauce and the rub? Those are the cavities I like to create. Um, yeah. In Hemingway, we did use the boat oar, and you know, I, I preferred the spoon. It felt a little more personal, a little more closer with the spoon for me. So I like to use the spoon to kind of open it up a little bit and get the seasonings in there and let it cook through. Uh, when we talk about mop sauce, and of course, uh, I mean, North Carolina is certainly known for the, the vinegar-based sauces, uh, and, and I'm sure, uh, obviously, South Carolina has their own take on it as well. Is there a huge difference between... Uh, what a, a Rodney Scott mop sauce would be versus what your traditional uh, finishing or table sauce would be? Well, it all depends on where you are, man. You got a lot of a lot of regions with different types of sauces. You got mustard, tomato, and ketchup. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely support that Rodney sauce. You know, <laughs> that's that's the vinegar uh, pepper base that you tend to find in eastern North Carolina and the eastern part of South Carolina as well. So similar to the North Carolina sauce that everybody talks about with the vinegar and the pepper. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the vinegar and pepper everywhere that I go. And, and again, rod sauce, that's my thing, man. Where do you get that at? Is that just at the website? You can get it at the website. You can get it at our Birmingham location. You can get it at our Charleston location. 
I don't know. Maybe if you catch me at the red light and, and, I, and you get my attention, I might have a bottle in the truck for you. You never know. Always carrying some <laughs> sauce, right? You never know, man. You got to be ready at all times. That's right. Rodney Scott's BBQ.com if you don't want to try uh, happening to run into Rodney Scott in order to ask him for a bottle of sauce. Um, but otherwise, uh, hit the website and you can guarantee that you will get a bottle there. Um, from a uh, a sandwich standpoint, um, I mean, would you ever put slaw on top of that? Or uh, is whole hog more of grab a plate and just take it off the hog and eat as is? What's the, the prototypical way to do that? Yes. <laughs> all of that. <laughs> and I think all of that, all of that, all depends on the time, the location. I mean, the, the, the amount of hunger that you have built up. Uh, I've, eat, I've eaten pulled pork straight off the fire plain. I've eaten it uh, with just the bread itself. I've had it with the coleslaw on top. Um, my personal favorite way is a piece of bread and and the pulled pork and some crispy skin on top and i roll it up man i call that the rod's original man that's that's what i eat when i'm when i'm out there cooking i recall um oh i'm gonna am i gonna lose his name sam sam jones everybody <laughs> sam jones. oh my god you kidding yes sir first time hosting a barbecue <laughs> show everybody <laughs> Uh, Sam Jones got into a tiff with his dad because he decided to sprinkle in the skin into the into the hog, and that was like a, a blast. Maybe that's a wives' tale, but uh, is that something that you would normally do as well? Like, is that a, a flavor additive for you? Well, me, I never did it on the menu, but whenever whenever I'm making a sandwich for myself, that Rod's original, we actually sell the Rod's original sandwich on the menu. Um, you know, I added the skins in. It's just, it was an additive. It was the way I ate when I was cooking. So, yeah, it's it's not something we do on every pulled pork sandwich, but we do have one that has the, the skins on top. What's your favorite thing to barbecue that isn't pork? My favorite thing to barbecue that isn't pork is the rib, the ribs. Not a McRib sandwich, but the ribs. <laughs> do you... The ribs. Do you like ribs better? I can't say that I like ribs better. Um, I like ribs maybe as as much as I do pulled pork, um, but I, I like the cut, the bite that you get. Yeah, you know, you get that little that little tug every now and again. I like to leave a little bite in my ribs. Um, but with ribs would have to be my next favorite thing to cook next to the pork. If you have a just finished hog, you were all by yourself, and I rolled up. Is there one specific place that you're going to go to the hog to pull out for me to eat that's going to blow my pants off? Um, There's definitely one specific spot that I would take you to. I would take you into just under the ribs, under the ribs, right in between the ribs and the shoulder, and a little bit of belly, and just kind of get those through those three parts together. And I would proudly hand those to you, knowing that those are some of the best bites on a whole hog. Telling you, man, some of the best. Uh, who are some of the folks that you admire in barbecue? A lot of folks look up to you and consider you to be the the end all be all of whole hog. But as you look through the barbecue landscape, uh, who are some of your mentors or, or peers that you have a lot of respect for? Man, I have tons of respect for anybody who has the 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 the, the courage to go into the barbecue game. Period. First of all. Um, Man, I gotta mention Nick was one of one of my most uh, favorites. Um, then you have uh, Sam Jones in there. 
Aaron Franklin, very cool guy, straightforward, loves his food. Um, Matt Horn, new guy out there in California, man. Yep, yep. Uh, Rashid in Atlanta. Um, wow, it's so many. It's, it's, it's so many barbecue people out there that, that are amazing. Uh, the guys out in San Francisco, Ryan and, and his team out there at 4505 Barbecue. Wow. I mean, how much time do you have? Where I'm, I'm interested because, you know, I, I wonder if I dig into the minutiae or if I just know too much sometimes. But on the radar of Whole Hog Barbecue, where does my guy, uh, Dr. Howard Conyers, sit? Oh, man. Howard. Another great guy. Not not just a, not just a NASA engineer, man. This guy knows what he's doing. Like legit, you know. He, we, yeah, he's yeah. like legit. Howard is like fifty miles from where I grew up. Um, so yeah, definitely legit. Uh, you down for a quick lightning round before I let you go? I'll do the best that I can. All right, uh, you answer off the top of your head. Uh-oh. We call this "Would You Rather." <laughs> Would you rather blow up a hundred balloons or lick five hundred envelopes? I'll blow up a hundred balloons. What? All right. You lick too many envelopes and you uh, end up dying like George Costanza's fiance in Seinfeld. Uh, would you rather be covered in bees or be covered in spiders? I would have to say bees because if I don't move, they won't probably won't stink. <laughs> Would you rather spend the night in a dumpster or porta potty? Uh, if the porta potty has just been set up, the porta potty. <laughs> of course. Uh, would you rather be <laughs> handcuffed to the most annoying person you know for twenty four hours, or go camping with someone who likes you but you don't like back? I would go camping with somebody that likes me. Would well, you? Would yeah. You, would you give up sex for a year or your cell phone for a year? You can have my cell phone. Hell yes. Hell yes. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Uh, Rodney Scott is here joining us and pulling a fantastic first hour. Rodney Scott's BBQ.com. Uh, Rodney, anything else you want to promote or let loose here before I let you go this evening? Uh, just to let everybody know, um, we have a book coming out. Rodney Scott's, whole, Rodney Scott's World of Barbecue. Every day is a good day. Um, that's due spring. You can pre-order now. Um, again, happy holidays. Everybody stay safe. Uh, every day is a good day, regardless to whatever or whoever says different. Um, man, eat more barbecue. That's right. Rodney, appreciate the time this evening. Thanks for doing such a great first interview, and uh, let's do it again soon. Oh, man, anytime. Thanks. All right, there he is, Rodney Scott from Rodney Scott's Barbecue. Wow, fantastic unbelievable that's where you want to see right there I couldn't be more excited I just want to quit and go to bed right now it was like barbecue Christmas just happened I've been looking for Rodney for a long time finally able to run him down little leg work there well worth it great interview it was awesome thank you Rodney Rodney Scott's BBQ.com and a book that he just mentioned Hey, let me talk to you quickly about B&B Charcoal, the newest sponsor of the show. That's right. So they offer a number of different kinds of charcoal. Last week, we talked about the two that most people know about, briquettes and lump. Uh, I'm a proponent of lump charcoal in general. I know 
that briquettes are used to be more consistent. Uh, you can count on them to be more heat consistent than you can with lump. I like the flavor profile that lump gives you. And I'm not typically cooking for extended periods of time anymore. If I go extended, then I'm obviously looking at the pellet cooker. I don't have a Weber Smoky Mountain anymore at the time, but I do have a Weber, or I do have a uh, pit barrel cooker, and I could use briquettes in there, but I do use lump. The other thing, and I'm pretty sure it's in short supply around the country right now, and show me a charcoal manufacturer that isn't having trouble right now, but the char logs that B&B make are absolutely awesome. Super dense. They burn long. They give great heat. Consistent heat, in my opinion. And when I'm running my Lang, I'll throw some wood splits in there, and then the next wood split that is due up, I'll throw that in, and then I'll throw two or three char logs in there. And it really helps retain a nice coal bed, good heat, clean heat, great stuff. BBCharcoal.com. That's BBCharcoal.com. The briquettes, the lump, the char logs, they got pellets coming out. Great company. You've heard about them. A lot of you have used them. Available in Academy and a bunch of other really great retailers. I find them my local ace, believe it or not. So check them out, bbcharcoal.com. That's bbcharcoal.com. And we are back right after this. Stick around. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard 2 and Fireboard 2 Drive. Soon to be that thermocoupled Fireboard 2 as well, Fireboard Pro. Six different temperatures can be monitored simultaneously. Cloud-based monitoring. Connect via Bluetooth if you want. Alexa and Google Assistant capable. Fireboard.com is the website. 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. And you can get your Fireboard today. All right, we thank once again Rodney Scott from Rodney Scott's Barbecue for joining us. Uh, good recap of the chef's table. So if you haven't seen that, and again, I was a very big promoter. It was the same weekend that I was watching American Barbecue Showdown, and I was like, wow, this chef's table is taking the cake for me. Tootsie, is it Richard Hasty? And then uh, was it uh, is it Mexico that the other places uh, the other one that last one there's a real historic throwback I mean that's a, a really great story in itself but Rodney's is a great story and it was great to dig a little deeper through there because I had questions as I was you know should have followed up on that they should have dug a little bit deeper here it's nice to get that opportunity to do that again he's got a book coming out so check him out on Amazon Pre-order now. Everybody loves the pre-orders, especially those uh, book people, publishers. And he knows everybody. Charleston and Birmingham. Got one going in Atlanta. Check them out. Heard nothing but good things. All right, we are pointing to the second hour. 
I will have a teenager who has recently tested positive with corona give her life experience. Hard-hitting, late-breaking. You're not going to want to miss that right at the top. Stick around. We'll be right back.